0: And so that's why I'm here on these plains. It isn't wealth or glory. I care nothing for those things, not any longer. I came for the brother I loved and for the nephew I love in his own right, and in a way, this is what divides Saddius and me even as it unites us. Sadius thinks that the best way to protect Elokar is to kill the Parshendi. He drives himself and his men brutally to get to those plateaus and fight. I believe a part of him thinks that I'm breaking my vow by not doing the same. But that's not the best way to protect Elokar. He needs a stable throne, allies that support him, not high princes that bicker. Making a strong Alethkar will protect him better than killing our enemies will. This was Gavilar's life's work, uniting the princes. Heroes of presents The Stormlight Archive by Brandon Mr. Sanderson.
1: Book one, The Way of Kings.
0: Quick reminder, there will be spoilers for chapters 14 and 15 of The Way of Kings. If you haven't got that far in your reading and you are going to be spoiled, please stop the episode right now and go back, read those chapters, and come and find us afterwards. We'll be here waiting for you. Enjoy the
1: show. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and I've been searching uh, far and wide, and I finally found the most important words a man can say, and it's Jack! <laughs> hello,
2: hello, hello! Greetings How's it and going? Salutations.
1: Uh, it's going good. Yeah, it's going good. Um, it's going good. I got my coffee. I'm, yeah, I got my coffee too. Um, I'm a little, still a little bummed out about last night. Um, that uh, Raptors game, Game Seven versus Boston, was a little oh, lackluster at the end. Okay. Yeah. So Henry I um, regained the six points. They, no, they did not. Yeah. Um, well, it, it was back and forth. It was back it and was, forth the yeah. whole game, and uh, it uh, yeah, they Boston pulled it out at the end. It was a really great series, but uh, it leaves you a little bit. Uh, I mean, they were such a good team. It's just too bad that they couldn't put it through. So, but uh, yeah, um, I tried to do double duties last night. I I role played with you and the boys. I know, and and I watched <laughs> the game. Watching the same a time.
2: sports game, yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that's quite the feat, I have to say. I wasn't expecting you to be able to handle both, but kudos.
1: Yeah, you know, you got got to do what you got to do, especially, you know, I I have this new theory on life that, you know, hashtag I want it all. I I wanted to be able to play D&D and and, and watch the game. So why can't I do both? Why can't you do both? Why not? And I also wanted to wake up super early in the morning and podcast with you. And why can't I do that, too?
2: (laughs) Why not? Indeed. (laughs)
1: um so uh what did you uh, give me an overview of what you thought of these chapters
2: so chapter 14 we're covering payday
1: yeah and chapter Uh, 13 uh the decoy um
2: chapter fifteen, yeah 15 the decoy yeah i love both the chapters they're fantastic
1: mm -hmm. um uh chapter four payday yeah this this i really really like this chapter there, um, um, payday is like a fun chapter because you learn a little bit more about like the people like you get to have some names of some of the bridge crew members
3: mm-hmm.
1: and then 15 is like all info dump like i yeah 15 is <laughs> a bit yeah 15 yeah. a pretty big dump but I, um, I, I, we're gonna call this episode informally episode nine the info dump because <laughs> <the, laughs> it's all info dump
2: um so chapter 14, Kaladin, uh, we're, so we're back to covering Kaladin, um, yeah. for this chapter. And I like this, you know, he, you know, he's waking up before the others. He's, he's got this renewed sense of self, of course, after his change of heart while, yeah. uh, thinking things over at the chasm while being at his lowest and, um, he's
4: up early. Um, Bridge 4 um, uh, has th- 34 members currently,
2: 25 are needed yeah. to carry the bridge. And his his words are, okay, up and organized. He's mentioning this to, to, to the men. Yeah, he's treating it like it's an army. Yeah, up and organized, let's get going. And, and up early, like, bridgemen are allowed to sleep in late because... It's like brid- the
1: only thing they have, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Can I have a few extra hours of sleep before I die today? Is that okay?
1: Yeah, um, it's like us waking up super early to podcast. It's like that. Like we could sleep in, but we have <laughs> to. You know, the the orders from on high are that we have to. I'd get rather up and... be
2: podcasting about Stormlight. Come on.
1: Me too. Me too.
2: Um, so yeah, so uh, this this guy Mo- Moash. Moash. Um, yeah, he, he's the one who turns over and is uh, and goes back to sleep. Well, there are several of the men that that turn and go back to sleep when he says up and organize, and. Mm-hmm. And a bunch of them turn over and groan. And Kaladin threatens to, um, you know, to you know, to drag them out and uh, if he has to. And so he makes a point of doing it to this Moash character. Yeah. And punches him in the gut, wins him, and uh, picks him up and brings him outside. Yeah. And like, places him on a rock or something like
1: that. He's not um, fucking around.
2: No, he's not fucking around. Uh, but... <laughs> But again, in typical style, you know, in, 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 uh, I shouldn't say typical, but there's nothing typical about this series, but, um, when, but when he gets him outside, you know, I, I, I thought, okay, this is, this is great. Like the men are going to fall in and this is going to be this whole thing, but no, um, he, so, so (laughs) Caledon announces, you know, things are going to change at bridge four, no sleeping in. And then you've got, uh, you've got, uh, Sigzil, uh, um, Makabaki from Southwest Roshar. Yeah. uh the only bridgman
1: without a beard mhm um he says they he, have, said, he has a smooth accent it's either azish or tamuli
2: or emuli yeah yeah um he says uh, so Kaladin says we are going to train my primary duty is to keep you alive i attend to to see it, that bridge 4 Never loses another man. Yeah. That's a pretty <laughs> yeah, that's a all pretty hefty. Laughter, So laughter spren. Sprenhead. Yeah, spren heads. So, the, yeah, so we do laughter, get a laughter spren, eh? The So laughter starts happening and maybe maybe there's a few chortles in there, but it wasn't in the text. But Brandon,
1: Mr. Sanders, I, I think maybe some chortling chortling should have been added if um, if we ever get to meet him at like a book signing or whatever we'll say sorry mr sanderson but there should be more chortling in your books more more chortle verbs like you you write, write an amazing fantasy series however there's a little bit of lack of chortling in it <laughs> <laughs> so some
2: chortles uh so well there, there wasn't really chortle, but the, but there was laughter laughter spren of course at all of this and i uh, thought that was great the laughter spren or minnow like silver spirits
3: yes so yeah, i thought really that cool. was
2: cool uh and then basically there you know the 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 ju- the the just of it is the men are kind of like well do we have to do what he says and they ask that to
1: later agrees with the sentiment of why can't we just like sleep in? Yeah. Isn't our, aren't our lives like hard enough already? Yeah. And, and that question gets posed to Gaz. Right. Oh, well, well, he says, he says at first, like, you know, Kaladin thinks to himself that like, um, or he says to the men, like we spend most of our days lounging and that's why the mm-hmm. bridge, bridge runs are so exhausting to us. Cause we're not, we're not in shape. Mm-hmm. Like sure no. the bridge runs have made us strong, but like our endurance is really, really low. Right, because you just hoof it for, for one for one event. Yeah, and then everyone just collapses. Uh.
2: Well, and and um, typical gaz fashion. Like again, I, I mistakenly thought, I don't know why I just keep I just keep going through these ups and downs with this series. Like I keep thinking, okay, Gaz has already been spoken to, you know, he's got this deal, he's got this arrangement where he gets um you know, a little bit of, uh, a little bit of money from, yeah. um, from Kaladin. So, so I just, I was kind of figuring that Gaz has been shown up like he's, you know, that, that Kaladin has Gaz in his pocket, Yeah, but not, but not really like Gaz is still fighting him. He's like, you know, he's like bridge leaders only have authority in the field. Right. And then of course the men just go, yeah, we're I mean, we're not I doing
3: think, this. I don't <laughs>
1: think it's unreasonable of of uh, like these uh, these Bridgman. Like, I think it's Moash is the mouthpiece at this point to ask whether or not Kaladin has this right. Like, their life sucks, and then now here comes this guy wanting to make their life suck even more. Like, uh, I mean, I would, I'd be like Moash. I'd be like, Yo, Gaz, one eyed Gaz, does this guy have the right to tell <laughs> me what to do? Because seems kind of wrong, right? No, it totally it totally
2: makes sense. I just. For some, I, I don't know. I guess maybe uh, the the hopeless uh, optimist in me was already kind of working out what's what's wrong here.
1: Yeah, and uh, so I, I, I you was, hope that we it, had passed that point already, like we had already. Yeah, had but but
2: no, we're still still in in the mud. So
1: yeah, one of the no, men and, that uh, that starts laughing about it in the background is um, this guy named Rock. Yes, he's a yes. heavy, <laughs> he's a hefty, thick limbed man. And he's got tan skin, deep red hair, large arms. He's nearly seven feet tall. He's known. As, seven he's feet a, tall. Oh yeah, crazy. He's um, known as an unkalaki, um, also known as horn eaters. That's like their, horn eater. Yeah, yeah their, their their culture or whatever. They uh, they the horn eaters exist in the middle of Roshar near Yakavet. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to point out this guy's uh, <laughs> this guy yeah, the nearly rock. seven feet. Horn,
2: the horn eater. Yeah,
1: horn eater. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, you're right. Um, he uh, Moash is like, guys, what? Like, uh, <laughs> like, is this guy can can this guy actually do stuff? And like you said, guys says no.
4: He only has authority over you guys out in the field. Yeah, so yeah. that really makes the crowd disperse.
1: Yeah, and um, it,
2: and in disperse it does, and then yeah. uh, I think Syl's like,
1: well, that didn't go very well, Kaladin. Didn't go
2: very well. Yeah, yeah thanks, so. <laughs> Syl. Uh, uh, yeah,
1: thanks I'll for like pointing their, that out.
2: Their, their their little exchange next is is quite is quite funny. Yeah, over, it's great because uh,
1: Kaladin's like um like he thinks to himself like, you know, I kind of got lucky even getting them out of the barracks, so that's kind of a victory on its own.
2: So yeah, so. Still, uh, so still is at, they're talking about uh, inexperienced soldiers and insubordinate soldiers or yeah.
1: men. And she can't
2: really and tell that, she doesn't know the difference between the two. No, because they both result in the same thing. If you're inexperienced or you're insubordinate, you're not going to be doing what you've been told to do.
3: Mm-hmm. A little later so I- in the
1: chapter, we also get um, like a kind of a revelation that she's she's growing as this mm. entity, right? So she might not understand the difference between insubordinate and inexperienced right now, but she will learn it because she's obviously learning all these different things.
2: Yeah, I thought that was really, really neat. Mm-hmm. By the way, so that's that's cool. So Gaz, of course, one-eyed Gaz, uh, hiding. So he he's he throws him under the bus and says, you know, yeah, you don't have to listen to this guy. He's he's he only has. Uh, and then he well, runs away. And then he runs away. He's hiding between do, two barracks. Kaladin's do you feel him.
1: like? Do you feel like he's um, waiting to ambush Kaladin here?
2: I I don't. I actually thought that this was a, uh, he's avoiding Kaladin because he knows Kaladin. I think he's intimidated by Kaladin. I I do. I I really do. I think he sees something in Kaladin. He's just, I think, I think Gaz is just hoping that Kaladin dies.
3: Right.
1: I think that um, the feeling that I get about this ambush thing isn't necessarily maybe um, a Gaz trying to set up an ambush, but maybe Mm. Kaladin sees the potential of an ambush. And that's why he sends Syl up to find out where exactly where he is. So maybe it's not like Gaz had that intent, but Kaladin's always ready for anything. So he's like, yo, make sure that I don't get ambushed over there. (laughs) Well, this was a great
2: exchange, of course, because Kaladin, of course, confronts Gaz. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that uh, upon this confrontation, um Kaladin mentions to Gaz that today is third pass
1: yeah Heyday. which I guess means it's uh, the third week of the month I would think I, I'm, I'm thinking that's what this means um I don't really know to be honest I have really no um, idea what third pass means
2: so I I mistakenly interpreted third pass yeah I don't know why I did this it's probably just way out there now that I, now that you mention it that it, in terms of it being maybe weeks or Some kind of time frame. Um, I thought it was like the amount of runs that you accomplish. Maybe. Oh, maybe. Um, But maybe not. Um, They get paid every three runs or something? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Perhaps that's a little detail we missed in the text. Because Um,
1: when he says that it's payday, it almost seems like payday is the same day all the time. Right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we learn later on in the next chapter that sometimes... Um, sometimes they don't go on bridge Runs. Sometimes the, the 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 chasm fiends don't, you know, climb up onto the plateaus, and so it it all it's like all random, right? So mm. it could they could go a month without getting paid if that's the case, right? So I don't know. I feel like I feel like payday is a set time and third pass. I just thought, oh, that must be the weeks, but maybe it's not. Like maybe maybe you're right, and maybe that's more to do with bridge runs than it does with time uh, elapsed.
2: Well, if, if it does, I, I did write down a little thing that I was reading in there, a little little bit of a tea leaf thing. So maybe I'm not right about that. Maybe someone out there who's listening might be able to correct us and help us out on this.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: but I mean third pass, if it if it was like every third run, again, speaking to what we were talking about earlier with the other themes of like try, try, try a second time, try a third time. Yeah. So so with with the third pass, if it's your third run and you're getting paid thought that was another little subtle yeah. hint to that that whole thing maybe not yeah there so there, there if, could if, be there could I'm be reading, layers to it if i if i'm reading the tea leaves there that's fine but uh but Kaladin, um he takes the the pay mm-hmm. from from uh gaz and gaz is withholding that the, fifth mark He's withholding it cuz he yeah. he knows that Kaladin and him have this arrangement so he is right. keeping it so so Kaladin's like no 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 i i want you to give me what my pay is right and gaz is like oh great typical you know yeah you he's, lied he's, yeah of course you're a liar been, but, you know yeah, exactly, i shouldn't have, yeah so so he gives Kaladin all the money and then this is got to be one of my highlights or you know it's it's definitely one of my highlights of this chapter
4: mm-hmm. um and then he hands him it back and he basically says um uh don't forget where this comes from. Right.
2: And that I just loved. So yeah. in my notes, major asterisks. So I put asterisks.
1: Oh, on point, that's how you on, do your
2: notes. Yeah, that's how I do my notes. I put asterisks on important things that I like. And so that got some aster, asterisks.
1: So there's one part here that uh, I wanted to mention. The, um, oh. the um, They have a bunch of chores they have to do. And there's Mm -hmm. a little bit of a list here. They have to go foraging in the chasms and the chasms. Mm -hmm. They have to clean latrines. They have to scrub floors. Mm -hmm. And um, Kaladin says that the work helps the soldiers ignore us. Like they don't expect us to do any real work because we're like, they're so low on the totem pole kind of thing Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. like if they were just standing around looking pathetic, then the soldiers might feel bad. And so, doing work uh, is like, well, they're part of this camp society, so they're they're doing something which helps ignore the all the shitty things that are happening to them, right? Right. Yeah, that's
2: a um, that's an interesting observation. Mm-hmm. Um. So Gaz is so so they're having this discussion. Gaz feels that, of course, you're you're keeping. You're 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 not going to keep your word, but then he right. gets back the pay, and he's like, "Don't forget where this comes from." So right. I, I love love I love that. Me too. But then, but then the conversation continues, and man, this is fantastic. Um, Gaz trying to teach Kaladin about, uh, you know, um, about rank, about having right. authority. Yeah, this is just amazing. And Kaladin pipes up and says, "You can't have authority." Sorry, Gaz says you can't have authority without a rank.
1: Right. And then they walk away and then Wrong. Yeah, and Calden's like authority then,
2: doesn't come from a rank. Right. It comes from the men that give it to you. That's an awesome, an awesome line.
1: Yeah. He says that to Syl, right? Cause Syl's like questioning that, like, um, what does he mean by, by that? And Cal explains it to her, you know? Cal says to her, like you said, the authority thing is just it's the only way to get that authority is by having the men give it to you it's really really cool it's a really cool cool uh sentiment mm. um spren don't sleep apparently no they don't <laughs> um so, so that's cool so cal's um, like uh hey uh sil do you if you don't sleep right and, and she's like no i don't sleep i don't know no, whatever i don't care i don't <laughs> like sleep whatever <laughs> she's, <laughs> yeah she's just so weird right and he's like, could you like maybe like watch me while I sleep and make sure no one kills me? Because I think that, you know, Gaz might try to kill me. And he's like, though, in reality, Gaz, Gaz is like um one of these petty, petty bullies uh, who have mm-hmm. just enough power to be annoying. But he pro, so he probably won't kill me because the money is coming in. But just in case, you never know. You, you never know. You never know. So is the next
2: bit that you've got that Kaladin then takes it upon himself to train
1: on his own uh yeah. yeah yeah this is the this is one of my this is my highlight of the he's like fine if they're not going to do it then i'm going to do it and i'm going to show them that it can be done mm-hmm. and he like walks over to the carpentry section and he grabs this thick yeah. plank yeah. throws it on his shoulder and he starts like mm-hmm. walking and running and running uh, jogging and he's doing all these like you know like this practice exercise these drills yeah, yeah yeah and he does it for way longer than <laughs> he even realizes he does it for like hours
2: hours hours like and then he's getting a small crowd watching yeah. him. there's all these different parties that are interested like what's this guy doing he's crazy
1: yeah we, we forgot to mention some of the names from earlier from some of these guys but like um uh, Teft we already met Teft the last calendar yeah. but there's like a Dunny there's another guy named Dunny and Teft and Dunny yep. are sitting there watching him and there's like a group of like soul that are watching him and some of the uh, workers in the, the the carpentry area that are all watching him and most of them are looking at him shocked with like you know what the hell is he doing like why is he doing that it doesn't make sense mm. Um, and after he does it for like you know a shit ton hours. of hours, yeah. yeah he yeah. um he's just like he's spent right the lunch bell happens and um everyone like leaves rock goes over and lifts the plank up and then he's like you know i was just checking to see if it was light or not because he bet them that cal went over and grabbed a lighter plank to make it look impressive and so then rock has to pay out his you know his his losings to (laughs) the horn horn
2: eater eats it yeah he eats it it. great that's awesome um yeah so he he shows that he you know he does this amazing thing and you're right like i mean do it by example right so Mm
1: -hmm, mm -hmm. and then he goes uh, cal's like you know i gotta i can't show the men how sore i am so he goes and finds like a private spot to like go and stretch out his muscles because he's really sore now and, um, he, he almost doesn't want he to, call, he
2: collapses, doesn't he? like he, he, he yeah. gets to a certain, he, he tries to get away from the men and then he collapses at a certain point. And, and yeah. I, think I, yeah. I think a couple of soldiers walked by and saw him slide like, there Oh, it's just and a... like, yeah, it's just a Bridgman. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. Just so... a lowly,
1: pathetic Bridgman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: that was uh, yeah, it was, it was a cool, uh, a cool, um, mm-hmm. a little scene again, continuing
1: on Kaladin's great fight. Yeah. And um, then this really, really cool back and forth happens here with uh, Cal and Sill. She has mm-hmm. something very important to tell him. Mm-hmm. She decides that she, she's glad that he kept his word to Gaz about the spheres.
3: Yeah, she was she worried. Says,
1: yeah, she was worried that he was going to go back on his word. And she says it's really important because now she knows what a lie is. And a
4: couple of weeks ago, she didn't even know what a con- the concept of a lie was. Yeah. Imagine that. Mm-hmm.
1: But like, she's like, she's changing and she, and she says, it's a strange feeling, but like, you know, she understands like the, the complexity of, of what the blackbane leaf was now. And like what suicide meant when she didn't understand that before, even no. when she gave him the blackbane, she didn't really understand what was happening. But now, looking back on it, one she can she she can have t- she has tw- like a you know what's that saying like you you know if a, a, um, uh <laughs> <laughs> my my tongue got in the way of my face there um, that she understands <laughs> like kind of like looking back on things like and 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 like contemplating the past like she like she can have um she can have like complex thoughts now. Right.
4: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: Well, she's uh, she's changing. She's literally transforming into a different self, or her mm. sense of self is becoming in, uh, enlightened or uh, intensified.
1: Yeah, she says she um, she knows what death is now, and just yesterday she didn't. And that's like oh. a quick progression of of knowledge.
2: I want to go back to, for a minute? Uh, just when he was doing his training on his own basically mm-hmm. showing the men making an example of yeah of not, course not even to his men but to other men of other bridge um uh parties right so mm-hmm. yeah um, exactly there were other bridgemen there too he said that he said it felt good to wear yourself down in a way of your choosing yeah so i thought that was interesting is that like you know often it's not it's not often like the labor that is hmm. the most horrible part of it. It's, it's that you are choosing this labor,
1: right? That's really cool. You know? Yeah, yeah that's it a was really, a really nice line.
2: Yeah, I liked it. It was just, it's uh, earned an asterisk. So I, figured, I figured. Oh,
1: oh, the uh, the the uh, infamous asterisk. The the uh, the asterisks. Ather- <laughs> uh, this gets an asterisk. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so uh, so Sill's like, I, I'm not really sure what's happening to me, but um, she, you know, he says something like she's been an odd one since the start, and, like, she was actually, like, kind of no, acting like a normal sprint at first.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. now
1: she's, like, nowhere. But, I uh, you know, it's funny because the first time we encounter Sill, she's mm-hmm. not acting like a normal sprint. She's acting odd from the get-go. No,
3: she is, but- yeah. She's, she's different. Mm-hmm.
1: But there's definitely some time frame here before we encounter her in the story that she is following Catalan, Kaladin that we don't really uh, get to read about. So
4: maybe those are the times when she's acting like a normal friend. Mm. What's this uh, this
2: mention of me and the Night Watcher? It was a little sarcastic.
1: Yeah, we've um, we've uh, uh, um, heard of the Night Watcher before. Mm. it's not the first time that they use that um as a way of um the night watcher is almost like um like a, a fairy tale or like um is it like a boogeyman kind of story kind or? of kind of yeah um here let's find the the spot that it's in
4: payday it's near the end of the chapter right mm. yeah it's near the end Yeah, says um, she smiled and watched as Kaladin
1: began to stretch. Once he finished, he stood and stepped out onto the street again, mostly recovered from his exhaustion. She zipped into the air and rested on his shoulder, sitting with her arms back, her feet hanging down in front like a girl on the side of a cliff. I'm glad you're not angry, though. I do think that you're to blame for what's happening to me. Before I met you, I had never had to think about death or lying. And he says that's how i am he said dryly bringing death and lies wherever i go me and the night watcher yeah, yeah so, me and the night watcher so yeah, the night watcher thought... is like this you know the the it's like boogeyman or like this um, fairy tale or whatever um that people say she, uh, she's been mentioned a couple of times in this novel so far um so it's uh it's just like a, it enriches the world a little bit i think right okay but I like that uh, that line that I just read where she <laughs> still blames him.
2: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean... You're, to blame, <laughs> you're the
1: reason why I'm having all these feelings.
2: Yeah. I, I didn't know about any of these things, like lying, lies. <laughs> yeah, or what's
1: death? Like, I was super yeah. happy before I knew what death was. Yeah, and he's
2: like, yep, yeah, that's me. I'm the bringer of death. You know, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the void bringer.
1: Yeah, I like how um, she's all like, um, and I even know what sarcasm is now. <laughs> and he's all like, oh god, great. That's all I need. <laughs> That's all I need.
2: Uh scared to go onward, but terrified to go back to what yeah. to where you were, what you were.
1: Yeah. And Caladin feels the same. He's like, Yeah, I know I know I know exactly that feeling. Yeah. And then we end the chapter and Cal says, before like we gotta go eat lunch, but before we go back to the barracks, there's a couple of things I want to pick up. Yeah. So and that's the end of the chapter. Um, that's the end of chapter fourteen. Yeah. So what's your uh, what's your highlight for this chapter?
3: Oh, well, I
4: gotta say the highlight. Um, I think I'm I'm gonna pick the highlight is uh, um, that Kaladin... Um, I, I I think it's twofold because it happens one right after
2: the other, and that is um, that he keeps, or sorry, he he asks for his full pay. And then gives the the one um, sphere back to Gaz and tells him, don't mm-hmm. forget where this comes from. Because I, I think that's a very good point is that it's easy to just, you know, take it off the total and, you know, claim what's yours in advance. But really, mm-hmm. you know, the, the proper way to do things is to pay someone in full. And then yeah. if they're going to honor the agreement, they give it back to you. So the right. understanding of where it's coming from, I think, is a really important thing.
1: Mm-hmm. and the other so, thing uh, the other thing that you were gonna add to that was probably the um the choosing the exhaustion
2: uh choosing these, yeah i mean i I like that one, but no it was gonna be that authority doesn't come from the rank yeah uh that it comes from the men who give it to you it's uh it's followed right up after this exchange with uh over the money over yeah. the spheres and uh and i think that in in conjunction like those two things like uh, when, I, when i was texting you about the ch- about the chapter i just said wow mm. there's just there's just so many great lines in this in this chapter like so many quotable yeah. little things and uh so those two are really good and uh, then of course uh, I, I did like the uh mention of uh choosing to wear yourself down
1: i feel like all these all three of these things are are all thematically the same right it's all about choice you know mm-hmm. Kaladin chooses to give gaz the one uh clear clear mark It's his choice. Gaz isn't garnishing his wages. He is choosing to give Gaz that one clear mark. Um, He is choosing the exhaustion that he uh, is incurring upon himself. He doesn't get to choose the bridge runs, but he gets to choose this and that's his control. And he also, um, when he talks about the men uh, and authority, the men get to choose who they give authority to. And so, there is still, even though they're, they're lower than slaves or they're slaves mm-hmm. and they're lower than slaves, the, these men still have the ability to choose certain things in their life. And I think that's what this chapter is about, is about having the choice, like you have still have choices to make, even though it looks bleak, like the men can choose to wake up in the morning and work out with, uh, with Kaladin, even though they hate it and they wouldn't want to, they have the choice. They can make that choice if they want to. They can choo choo choose. They, they can choo choo choose. Kaladin. <laughs> I think that's a, it's kind of like the the theme of this chapter is the is the choice. And that's my my highlight is just that um, this thing keeps coming back, and uh, it really shows us that you know I think that's what Kaladin is trying to show these men is that you still have a choice. You can't choose everything, but you still do have choices.
2: You still do have choices. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the, and the few and the few choices that you do have, you might as well exercise.
1: Yeah, exactly. All right, so chapter fifteen, um, called the decoy. The decoy. Hang it on. should have been. It should have been called the info dump. But I, I understand why he didn't call it the info dump. Um, I, I
2: don't think I wrote down all of the terms because like, because this was a meaty chapter. So I was I got, going for.
1: I got you covered, bro. I got you, you covered. Got me covered. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah, I did. Okay. So I, you, I did some did extensive. Dump? Yeah, I did some extensive research in this. <laughs> I um. I didn't do like I. I will have a chat like a. Part at the end that is a little bit of an info dump section. Mm-hmm, but like mm-hmm. most of this chapter is an info dump. So let's just let's just head into it and then we'll see what we're left okay. over at the end with. Okay.
2: So in the aftermath of the chasm fiend that attacked mm. on the shattered plains. Um, it it had destroyed the bridge leading back to the war camps. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it was described that there's a moldy scent in the air, the smell of great shell blood. Yep. Uh Dalinar, um always brought the surgeons along. So I think it was uh, Adeline that was uh, making this point. So his son is like, you know, thank God, dad always brings the surgeons because right. uh, this was a tragedy.
1: Um, yeah. He, and so he we, says we, it was a disaster.
2: Disaster, yeah. Kaladin, um, sorry, Dalinar okay. um, says that we're going to tend to our wounded. So meaning mm. we're we're going to stay here and 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 do this, so so we're gonna be delayed he- heading back and and right. sadius or sadius rather is um dismayed at this he wants to just go,
1: yeah the um, men with the shard pl- men with shard plates can jump the chasms. If the chasms mm. are close enough together, Elokar says something like that. Like, we can just go now if we want. But, like, mm-hmm. you're going to leave everyone else behind? Like, that's not how you do things, right?
2: No. Um. No. So they could leave. The
1: some of them could go home now, but the whole army has to stay behind and wait for a bridge crew to get them across these chasms.
3: Mm. Because um, the bridge that they had
1: collapsed. Remember the, um, the uh, chasm fiend destroyed one of the, the bridge that they were using. Yeah. So they actually don't have a backup bridge
2: ruby faberals giving heat mm-hmm. uh, yeah those are the
1: ones that are uh are put on posts and they're mm-hmm. like uh held in like this um golden uh yeah yeah they're like they're <laughs> like lamps yeah torches
2: but giving off the heat i was like that's that's wonderful because yeah, that's really, really i was cool. imagining uh, this uh this scene you know i'm wondering if it's uh Know getting cold, the wounded need need some heat. Let's say, and I don't know. I was just a nice little touch. I, I like. Yeah, rubies, it's really really cool. Ruby Faberals. Fifty men are dead. W-
1: over a hundred wounded. Yeah. Um. When the king's told about the casualties, he brushes it off and said that they would be rewarded with positions in yeah. the heraldic, heraldic forces, forces above.
2: above yeah. yeah. I wrote like, that down because I I don't really know what that means. The heraldic forces above,
1: but. uh well heraldic heralds there's heraldic it's all connected to their their Vornism, right their religion Mm -hmm. so this is so we've kind of talked about this before um we we learn about all this stuff the religion the the state of the politics what the Mm -hmm. war is all about we learn about it in little bites we don't get to eat the whole meal at, the, no. at once, but we get to have a bite every once in a while mm-hmm. and and so hopefully we'll understand what the whole uh the whole dish was by the end of it, but uh, right now we're only getting bites so um Eleanor
2: searching eastward again and his son yeah after this why, fight, why is he always looking eastward out toward where the storm originates yeah um Adeline heads uh toward the pavilion that's the I think that's the end of the first little bit.
1: Do you, do you have any, uh, um, any theories on why he's always looking beyond? We know later on during his uh, POV that he's looking towards where he ends up looking towards where the Parshendi come from, like wondering where they are and what their camps are like and all that. But like when Mm -hmm. he looks out into like the, um, the sea, what do you think he's looking for? Um, I don't,
2: I don't have any guesses right now as a first time reader. I think, I think the way it was described in a previous chapter is that Dalinar was looking at the origin
4: Mm -hmm.
2: of the storm. Right. So I don't know if he's looking out towards like where things began out to the
4: almighty. Um, maybe, I, I don't know if he's, if he's looking, trying to look
2: down the, 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 the chasm or the, or the, uh, um like like looking toward his life's purpose his his own fate mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not really i'm not really sure why he's standing there i i'm i'm a bit perplexed like Adeline. i think i take the position of his son i'm just wondering why he's you know
1: he's he's looking eastward yeah. i i, I, I don't be, i don't really know um it, it could be just upon like no no spoilers here but it could be that um Dalinar is experiencing something during high storms and if he's looking in the direction well, where the high storms are coming from maybe right. he's anticipating his next episode it could be that um, it could be something larger yeah, maybe he's but...
2: looking for, for more clarity because mm-hmm. the, it's you know he, the voice is in, in his head with these visions it's, it's saying unite them unite them but, but which, which parties are, is right. he to try to unite like who, yeah. what, like who is the message about it's a little vague it is vague, yeah. It so vague. maybe he's yeah. looking for clarity.
1: Mm-hmm. Maybe that.
2: Maybe that would be my best guess.
1: Yeah. One of the uh, one of the points here before we change p- uh, point of view is that Adolin seems to realize, or at least sees that um, after this attack, no one is making any comments about uh, Um They like they you know because what he just did was just amazing. So none of Sadius's men, no one is like kind of right. giving them uh, like, yeah. weird looks the typical
2: grief but Adeline, I think also mentioned if not there later on that that even though it's quiet now like now that the blackthorn his father Dalinar, has delivered a heroic um, um feat in in of this chasm feat, or sorry uh, victory of this of this chasm fiend um that eventually the men would start to backstab him again
1: Right, it's not going to hold them off for very long. But for now, right. there seems to be a little bit of respite. And yeah. then Adolin says at the end here that he feels like there's something about Sadius that Dalinar sees that Adolin is missing. So there's something, you yep. know. And we we find out what that something is later. But for we right do, now, Adeline... yeah, This is a
2: cool. This is a cool chapter that way. Like yeah, the it's decoy, really, really cool.
1: Yeah, we we get a to really.
2: It's a complex. Uh, yeah, that the. the the, I, I think the brilliant part of this, this chapter is the really complex um, nature, yeah. the relationship
1: between Dalinar and Sadius. Yeah, it's really, really cool. Former best mm. friends, oh, um, now crazy. rivals. Um, they both love the king in their own way. They both think they're trying to protect the current king now in their own way. It's really, really cool. We'll get all to that in, in specifics, but yeah, well, it's a really, really cool chapter.
2: So Dalinar looks east. Uh, so going to, to the next little bit here in the chapter, um, mm-hmm. Alfkar had been at war for six years. Right. Dalinar had a serious hand in planning this siege. Right. He had it all planned out. Um, you know, positioning the parshendi, surrounding them, cutting off their supply lines, yeah. forcing them to make decisions. Those decisions would result in them not being able to replenish their numbers,
1: and they would slowly but surely have to concede to defeat. Right, because he was too he was afraid of um of striking at parshendi territory outright because it would mean that his armies would be stuck on the shattered plains for a long time, Mm -hmm. having to deal with these dangerous high storms with chasm fiends. It just, Mm -hmm. the, uh, the, the risk reward wasn't. Yeah. The cost was too, would have been too much for them to go out there and do an actual, uh, full on attack. So. But had Thaddeus made those calls, it might've been a very different story. It might've been. Yeah, exactly. It might've been, um, they could easily have been trapped out there. Um, uh, so, yeah, they so he decided to do this like thing where they were going to like kind of hold out and and just like do like regular siege and hopefully starve them out because there's really no escape, right? He says mm-hmm. that um, on the eastern and southern edges were impassable. Uh, the plateaus were no more than spires. So, they couldn't even even the Parshendi couldn't cross. There's like the the, the plateaus were not large enough for anybody to get across. So you mm-hmm. couldn't go that way. And then there's a mountain on the other side. So literally the Parshendi got themselves stuck on the shattered plains. And the only way out, the only true way out, because Dalinar set some scouts to see the other, the other way out. Um, the only real way out is through the par uh, through the Alethi. Mm-hmm. And if they can fight them there long enough, then maybe they mm-hmm. can starve them out, yep. which is, uh, you well, know, that's why they,
2: yeah, that's why they, they refer to the tactic as, as a siege. Right. Um, but then Dalinar says, he, "You know, he did not anticipate the gem hearts."
1: Right. Right. And this this changer. was like a little
2: this was a little bomb for me. So 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 when I read that, I went, "Oh yeah, the profiting of war."
1: Right. So it's, it's, it changes everything, right? It
2: changes everything. So then, um, quick quick little note: uh, it did it describes here that Adolin, son of Dalinar has blonde and black hair mm-hmm. and it says blonde from his mother or so he had been told. Right. Why did it say it like that? I put a question mark
1: because he doesn't remember his wife. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Here, so let me, that's re- it. let me read it to you here. there's a part, this is a, there's a big part of my notes here. Um, she, she
2: was excised from his memory. Yes. And I'm, I'm going to bring up a little, uh, doc Brown back in the future. She was erased
3: from existence.
4: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Where is it here? Hold on. Right, Scott! Okay, there we go. Uh, Mm. The blonde was an
1: inheritance from his mother, or so Dalinar had been told. Dalinar Mm. himself remembered nothing of the woman. She had been mm-hmm. excised from his memory, leaving strange gaps and foggy areas. Sometimes he could remember an exact scene with everyone else crisp and clear, but she was a blur. He couldn't even remember her name. When others spoke it, it slipped from his mind like a pat of butter sliding off a too hot knife.
4: So yeah, he does not remember his old wife, his uh, his former wife. Yeah, that's a so- very curious.
3: Very,
2: uh, it's I'm very, very curious about that. Um, so moving on from that, um,
3: yeah, chasm
1: he, um, yeah, the chasm fiends. This is like a chasm whole Fiend,
2: part, the, the, the dead guard, no tongues, hmm. no tongues, just yeah. teeth. So I was thinking, wow, what a just a
1: beastly, um, beastly beast. Yeah, Dalinar says um, or thinks to himself that uh, there's a strange melancholy after killing one of these things because they're mm-hmm. so amazing. Yeah, they're so grand. They're so um,
2: otherworldly, too. Like, these things are just really, really neat. (laughs) Yeah, they're Um, awesome. Unknown Spren coming off the Chasm Fiend's body.
1: Yes.
3: Tiny, almost
2: invisible. Spren head. Spren head. Tiny, almost invisible tongues of smoke, like from a snuffed candle. Yeah. Love that imagery. Own, they, Brandon they, Mr. Yeah.
1: Sanderson. Fantastic. Mr. Sanderson um, love it. And, they, uh, and it only appears after freshly killed Great Shells. You don't see mm-hmm. them anywhere else. Mm-hmm. No. And they don't know what they are, so they don't have a name for this Spren, so it's
2: unknown no. Spren, Unknown Spren.
1: <laughs> that's the uh the, it's the new theme song. It has uh Unknown Spren has its own Saturday morning cartoon, and that's the theme song for it. Yeah, sung to the theme song of Fabricland. <laughs> <laughs> fabric land. Yeah. Fabric land? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they um Unknown's they are not
2: spran. Unknown spran. They're absolutely unknown.
1: Yeah, they're not an official sponsor of this show, just in case anybody was wondering. Uh we're not okay. taking in the fabric land money or anything. Um <laughs> Scouts, uh, Chazam,
4: okay,
1: so, yeah. So chasm fiends have strange yeah, that's okay. Uh, uh Chasm fiends have strange life cycles on uh, wider plateaus in the west, they climb on top and they make rocky chrysalis. Um, they're very vulnerable during this time and this could happen several times a week so what we just saw was our our group go in and kill an actual active one and it was very very hard to do what they've been doing though is they wait till these things go and like form themselves in this chrysalis and they're almost like dormant yeah Yeah, they almost like dormant and then they just slaughter them right
3: and
2: then take the and and get the money and mm-hmm. these these high princes. That's why they're here. Like it's a. Well, we'll get to that in a bit in my notes, but mm-hmm. um, uh, when, when we discuss competition.
1: Yes. Um, well we can get into it right now. Like um, the gem hearts. Um, well, I
2: don't have it in my notes yet. Oh,
1: no, okay. no I'm just well, kidding. No, 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 no. We but, well, I I I
2: just want to I just want to uh, just jot or uh, mention rather that. Mm-hmm. Um, scouts uh that are sent ahead obviously into different areas around the shattered plains to relay information whatnot uh these scouts that they're crossing the chasm from jumping poles i love Mm -hmm. that imagery this is imagery that's been done in john carter it's been in a number of different uh uh uh, novels and movies and i just i love it i love the fact that it's
0: it's in here
1: i would assume Um, that these jumping poles literally just sit there because you, yeah you wouldn't could, carry could them be. around they'd be too long to carry them around so they they're obviously just sitting there in the chasms and then you I, and the scout uses them jumps across and then leaves it there to go back the other way again later on mm-hmm. and each, I, I didn't
2: i didn't know that that they were uh, left there but no 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 the, the, I, it's not written I,
1: in the text but i i, I, I would I, assume I it stands you, to reason yeah yeah It's it's the only way you wouldn't be walking mm. around with this like I don't know. The chasms are like forty feet down. You wouldn't be walking around with a like fifty feet (laughs) pole, right? But
2: but at the same time, though, if you if you're if you're leaving them around, then you're announcing that you're a scout.
1: That's true. It's true. Yeah. So hopefully, we get more on these these scouts. It sounds really cool. Voronism teaches that warriors have the holy privilege
2: of joining the heralds after death, fighting to reclaim the tranquiline halls from the void bringers. High princes. Are allies but rivals yeah so that is a really interesting dynamic I think between high princes of this uh, series Um, yes then that's a complex relationship that the reader has to uh, sort of get their head around just because you're allies doesn't mean that everything's all hunky dory
1: and and rivals right and this is like part of uh, the uh, Alethkar culture is infighting mm. makes stronger High Princes, right?
3: Mm.
1: Like these what gem have, hearts. Sorry, let, let's go back to the gem hearts for a second here. The gem hearts change, change the war, right? Because the Parshendi want them too. Sure and they so do. This, this seemed like a, a tactically sound uh, way of doing things because you fight over the uh, great shells. You fight over the great shells to get the, uh, the, the gems. And then you can slowly kill them throughout battle. Right. They're not going to come out and fight you straight up and you don't want to go into their territory to fight them straight up. So what you do is you go for contested plateaus and you kill as many of them as you can when you are out there. And then you also get to harvest this wealth. So it's a Mm win-win right for them.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: What had been a war had become sport. Yeah. Deadly sport. So I really like that too. So again, it's complex. It's, you know, allies, but rivals. Yeah. Or sport.
1: Yeah, it's um it's weird, right? Like it's it's weird. It's remember it, remember a few chapters ago when we were a few episodes ago, um you and Kaladin were like, There's something wrong with this war. There's something up. And you were something like
2: something wrong. Well and 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 here in here, I, I'm not sure if this is all of it, but I think this is illuminating a good chunk of it. Yeah. I mean, this, well, and isn't, isn't part two called the illuminating. Right. The illuminating storm. Yeah. Right. So, so I think this is part of the illumination
1: component to part two. Right. The series is one of your big questions was like, why, like, why are we doing this? Like what's, what's the point of these? Right. Well, and then, and then
2: of course we find out in in a bit in this chapter, why Sadius uh, is running things the way he's running it with the, with, with the, with the bridge men. But I mean it's about money. Like these these high princes are, you know, if they find a a, a, um, a great shell, you know, the horns are sounded and it's time to get over there and get it. And the parshendi, it's a race to get there, and then both parties included. So high princes are vying for it between themselves in terms of contests amongst mm. each other. Um and then of course the parshendi and the and the Alephi are are racing for it as well for this wealth, as well as each other in in war so right it's incredibly uh and and the focus of the war was once about the vengeance pact and was once about yet yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do right by king um galinar you know he's died the parshendi Ga- are responsible
3: gavilar.
2: sorry gavilar sorry um that the parshendi are, are responsible and 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 we're going to go in here and and uh and get this revenge so-called Mm-hmm. it's based on a siege tactic by dalinar himself but it ends up leading to sport you know and to you know profiting yeah so and i don't think that we have to think too much about what that's like in real life so
1: yeah we we kind of get we kind of know um so the parshendi takes uh took credit for the king's murder But they never gave an explanation why. No,
2: I I know. I wrote that down a
1: little later. um, And Dalinar uh, seems to be the only one who still wonders about why. No one else is asking that question anymore. No
2: one else is asking that anymore. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Elokar sent messages asking why, like demanding, like, why did you do this to my father? He demanded it. No answer, no reply. And you're right. That note about Dalinar, he's the only one still pondering why everyone else has forgotten it everyone else is there for the it's pretty much there for the money the sport right said a quarter of the parshendi had been killed Mm -hmm. and that dalinar was ruminating on this war and he's thinking wow it's been six years of this siege and it could take at least another six
0: right if they only Um, killed
1: a quarter of them so far or what they assume is quarter of them because there's no real way of mm-hmm. knowing for sure unless they actually go to their tor- territory and stuff. But if they, if only a quarter of them have been killed <laughs> for six years, that means it's going to be another 18 years before they kill all of them if they could uh-huh. can, right? So that's, uh-huh. that's a really costly war for them, but it's also a very profitable war for them. So there are a lot of high princes that want to just keep it going as long as possible.
2: Yeah, but like the... Pro- <sighs> what's what's crazy is that the profit comes from the chasm fiends i don't know how much profit there is from parshendi
0: right the, pars- I, well, the Parshendi I suppose, is not profitable. Well, well I, I suppose
2: if, if you're going to eventually wipe them out then you're going to get their gem stones as well whatever's left like you 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 get the spoils right yeah so if that's the goal but the goal here really seems to be sport um right um, I've yep. got it. Uh, that uh, again, uh, Dalinar has that uh, not a vision, but High Storm visions unite them. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and it comes I, up again. Then the next bit I, goes to
1: Sadius S- or Sadius. Yeah, yeah, I like this part here. Um, yeah, the Sadius nod? is like kind of like he's uh, uh, the, the king's like, hey, Dalinar, uh, uncle. Uh, why don't why you haven't you won any gem hearts lately? Sadius has won three hearts in the last few weeks. Like. He's doing really, really well. You Mm. should use his bridges. They're super effective. Mm -hmm. And then Dalinar says he's won his fair share of battles since he's been here. And he doesn't really care about gem hearts. And then Elokar is. um, Yeah. yeah. And then Elokar here is being Janet Jackson. He's like, what have Uh, you done for me lately? What, what have, have you done? done
2: for me lately? Right. Do, 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 the, well, do. I think I think Brent, Brandon Mr. Sanderson was thinking of calling it the Rhythm Nation instead of the Rhythm, because <laughs> the, um, the new book is called Rhythm of War. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was thinking a uh, Rhythm Rhythm Nation. I think he was. Uh, I think he was. Yeah. Yeah, I think he was. Yeah. Uh, I would have.
1: I would have. Well, I think or, there, or, in, or maybe in chapter twenty six, there's a Janet. Slam, think, if you're so. nasty, if it, <laughs> Mr. Dalinar, if you're nasty. Mr. Dal- Mr.
2: Sanderson, if you're nasty, there you go. If you if you, if you want to be nasty, well then Mr. S- then Mr. Sanderson.
1: Yeah, uh, Dalinar unfortunately walks into like a um a verbal trap here. He says that you know he's got the more world important world. things. Yeah, yeah. He got more important things to do, and Sadi is like more important than the Vengeance Pack. Mm. And Dalinar points out that Sadi bridges waste lives, even though they are very fast, and then he Dalinar quotes the codes, right? A general may not ask a man to do anything that he would not do himself. He right. asks Sadius, would you run at the front of your bridges? Yeah. <laughs> and then Sadius uh, was like, well, I, would, I, would I dig latrines? Would I do, do this? Yeah, and, I know what a, what a horrible
2: counter argument.
1: Yeah. And then he calls Sadius out on like, you know, you don't even give your, your bridgemen shields or armor or anything. And this is a callback to Caledon thinking, why don't we get shields or armor? Well, Sadius, I think Sadius says
2: that um, he tried uh, using right. um, shields, but then it was not effective enough. So he just he kept finding ways of making it more efficient, right? That, because all, the, the reason
1: why it wasn't effective was that the Parshendi would uh, um, would target, would would target the soldiers. Yeah, and he's like, right. I don't want to use my sho- my use my uh, lose my right. soldiers. So if the, well, the, the, the really bridgemen are unarmed, about, go ahead.
2: What's really interesting about that is that uh, the Parshendi parshendi are targeting the bridgeman and and i think i think sadius is right that the that tactically uh, targeting them doesn't remove the most valuable pieces on the chessboard
1: right so they're, they're pawns so if, on if, the if you're board.
2: constantly if you're constantly targeting pawns i'm not so sure that's the best strategy on how to win especially if the pawns are replenishable so it's kind of like the parshendi it kind of seems that their tactic isn't, isn't really that that brilliant because I think Sadius makes a great point in terms of war that Mm -hmm. if you're, if you're not going to go after rooks and bishops uh, and you have an eternal, eternally uh, replenishable uh, group of
1: pawns. Yeah. Why not use them?
2: Well, it's just, it's kind of a waste. Like attacking, attacking the bridgeman is a waste for the proshendi.
1: Right. Right. I
2: don't, I don't, it's not because he
1: said, he says too, because they put out so many bridges. Maybe it's Kaladin that thinks this earlier. Okay. But because they put so many bridges out, it doesn't matter if some of them get cut down because some of them are going to make landfall, landfall in quotations, and then get those soldiers across. So
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, there there is a really important quote here. Sadius says, As if an unarmored man carrying a bridge was worth the same to the army as a mounted knight in plate. So... Because mm-hmm. we because we know an unarmored man carrying a bridge right now. Like personally, um, it's kind of a neat like little um um like comparison to what's going on, right? Sadius thinks he's like probably the most important person in the world and one of the most important people in our world reading this is and who is a lowly bridgeman, right? So and I think it's kinda of cool.
2: I wrote down um of course, uh, you know, uh the the, the request from um from Gavilar
1: okay.
2: brother you must find the most important words a man can say yeah and, and, and we find out that this is a quote from an ancient text called the way of kings
1: there it is finally so, so finally I, we get I,
2: to I, it. I finally get to that which of course I was like wow this is amazing especially later on where we get to read a passage Savage. from the way of kings yeah. while reading the way of kings
1: yeah it's so cool um,
2: so I thought that was just so so great. Uh, what yeah. a wonderful! Uh, I, w- I wasn't anticipating the title to be this ancient text. So I'm really really uh, very so tickled and pleased about that.
1: Like just um, just having just having like uh, heard him refer to it a couple of times in this chapter, we really get a sense that this um, book is this text is um, informing a lot of Dalinar's decisions, right? He says the text would strongly disagree with what Sadius is implying. Uh, The prize is Mm. not worth the cost. The means by which we achieve victory are as important as victory itself. And this seems to be who Dalinar is. So again, this this comes up in uh, a
2: podcast or two ago. I brought up bridge in the river Kwai. Yes. Uh, Now, hang on. I think. Think it's in that now. Maybe I'm getting my wires crossed, but but it's 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 the very idea about you know how you win the war is just as important as right. winning it. So it's, right. it's that's it's exactly what he's saying. Oh, you know what? No, I'm actually I'm actually misquoting Bridge. It's from another another film. But, okay. Um. But but I, I I love that very idea. Uh. Mm-hmm. That the, that that the way in which you win the victory is just as important. But I mean. Again, oh again, again, now this point comes back to Bridge and River Quiet. It's not a game of cricket. Right. So you, you can you can you can have the codes. You right. can you can have the, the Geneva Convention. At the same time, diplomacy has failed. You are at war. It's not a right. game. The only thing that matters is winning. Right. Is there going to be a victor? And sorry, at war by any means necessary. Now others might not agree, like like Dalinar. Dalinar says, "Well, no, not any means. We're not going to kill innocent ch- uh, children and, and women and, and commit horrible acts of you know, you know torture or whatever um, yes. to get there." Um, and yeah, I, I, I definitely would side with that. Obviously, but the, the counter argument is. Again, I, I bring it up. It's uh, it was so. It's it's where I think I first encountered this idea was from the Bridge of the River Kwai, and and the quote was, um, "This is not a game of cricket."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: I, and I really uh, I, that always stood out to me um, as a as a counterpoint to dealing with war.
4: So
1: yeah, it's um, um, and it's a very unalethe way of thinking. Yeah, I wrote that down too. I yeah. I, yeah. And like uh, you know, th- this whole idea of competition and contest is very alethi, mm-hmm. and what Dalinar wants to do is very un-Alethi. and that's one of the reasons why they think they're he's losing his wits because he's not acting like an, a true alethi should.
2: And I just bring up that Sadius is just a, a, a hunk. He's a f-
1: he's a douche. I'm sorry, this guy's sorry. A- um, he has uh, sorry. His formal title, uh, Jack, is High Prick Sadius. High, Please, High High Prick. Um, give, his- give honor where honor is due is high is high douchiness. um <laughs> he he says uh
2: he says the price is worth any cost and then he quickly you know in in this dialogue he goes and says um um You've got you well because well, he's 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 shouting out some insults and
3: yeah
4: and of
2: course Adeline Adeline's ready to go again. He's got his yeah. hand going for his shard, his shard blade. I you fucking know, love
1: Adeline, dude. He's I know so he's awesome. hot
2: headed. He's ready to yeah. Stand I love up him, dude. Dad, he's great. Up for his family name, and then Sadius looks at him and he's like, "Great." You know, he looks at Dalinar and says, "Oh, great. Uh, one one son who can't control himself, the other incompetent." the legacy right. uh that that, that that you have here and dalinar says i'm proud of them both but again like he's insulting his legacy it's like he knows yeah. he knows where his tongue like what a lashing you know he's yeah he's, there's
1: um and there's hurt. this there's this really tense moment here with um with Thaddeus where he has to the, um he has to like backtrack right he says yeah. what does he say he he calls renarin useless. And that's when Adeline's okay. like, "What the fuck?" And then yeah. Dalinar's like, "I'm going to handle this." And he says, I, "Yeah, I don't know if I heard right, Sadius. Did you just say something well, to insulting me?" my can
2: I can I read this because this is my next. Yes. I had I wrote down page two seventy three. Oh, you want to read it out loud? Go ahead. I want yeah, to read it because I love this so much. He's, yes, Dalinar, yes, absolutely. Dalinar turned his attention to Sadius, speaking very softly, very pointedly. Sadius, surely I did not just hear you openly before the king, call my son useless. Surely you would not say that, as such an insult would demand, I summon my blade and seek your blood. Shatter the vengeance pact, cause the king's two greatest allies to kill one another. Surely you would not have been that foolish. Surely I misheard. Yeah, he's
1: giving him an out right here, right?
2: (laughs) I just love how it was just like, surely I didn't just hear that because of this, this, and this. Like, wow, like... Yeah, I wrote that down as it's, uh, it's just something that's yeah. super it's fun. Awesome. Read. It's awesome. Yeah,
1: yeah. And he says it's super calm. Like, yeah. and Adeline <laughs> is like ready to fly off the handle, and Dalinar is just yeah. calmly like, "You didn't insult my son, did you? Because yeah. I would be forced to kill you. <laughs> be forced, and all this
2: would be over. And the whole, yeah, you know, it's just like the, the, the consequences are, are immense. And, and then Sadius says, "Perhaps you did hear the wrong words. I would yeah. not insult your son." Yeah, that would then, not have um, been. Oh, and and we have we have an ellipsis here in the text. Um, that would not have been ellipsis. Wise of me. Yeah.
1: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, I love he it. also, he, uh, Dalinar says, um, the thrill is tempting him to act Add against Sadius, and thrill is yet again into a capital that, T.
2: Capitalize. I wrote that down. Dalinar's blood felt hot, the thrill tempting him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I love and it. I and then he's still it. hearing so
2: the words unite them. Unite them.
1: Yeah. Unite them. And I then, guess. so here, here's my, here's my little thing here. Oh, uh, this oh is, sorry. Uh, sorry.
2: Uh, go ahead. No, 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 you go first. Uh, and then I'll, uh, well, just on, on the, on the, on the topic of of unite them. I think in the text it says, it says unite them on this one time. And the next line is a quote from Elokar. And he's like, well, I guess we can be done with that then. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: yeah.
3: He's just like so I, super. Yeah. I,
2: I thought that was a bit of humor there in terms of uh, Brandon, Mr. Sanderson in the text. Cause it's like, you know, you have, you must unite them, but then you've had this exchange between Sadius, this douchebag, who's yeah. insulting your family and laying all this crap down. And then, And then Elokar is like, well, I guess we're going to be done with that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you unite them? No, no. Like, like, uh, unite them? No, that's not happening. Because uh, these two just can't get along.
1: Yeah, they can't get along. Yeah. Um, One of my little, like, pet things. This is my, I think this is my informal um, uh, highlight of that chapter. And I'm only reading into this because it's me. But um, Mm. Sadius insults (laughs) Renarin. And then who shows up right afterwards? Oh. Our buddy Wit. And I, wit, um, witty, wit, wit, I, witty, wit, wit. I just love it. I think that, um, I don't think that this there's guy. any, I don't think that there's any true connection to, um, to Renarin, but, um, but it just happens yet again that, uh, that wit comes in, um, like as Renarin's being insulted, uh, you know, the, I don't know. There's just something about it. I think that wit, like, takes pity on him and, mm-hmm. um, and tries to stick up for him here. And I really like it. You know, oh, yeah, a, he has a strange air about him that Dalinar can't place. Can't place. Excuse mm-hmm. me. Um, he does a really great insult here. He says, "You know, <laughs> I might do insults, but you are in sluts." Yeah, I really yours like is, that. Yours is to be in sluts. Yeah, I <laughs> well, really well, like well, that.
2: First, first, of all, when 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 Wit enters the scene here, first I have to acknowledge the Dionysian uh, cults here uh, of uh, of of ancient. Uh, uh, greece or mycenaean or minoan i forget which it is um uh and and wit enters the scene with holding a cup of wine right so he's holding the he's sold he's holding the satyr's cup and he says a single word from sadius is quite enough for anyone so, yeah, yeah, exactly, so yeah. he just like lambat he just you know bombs him right there and then uh yeah, he,
4: he goes after him pretty well it looks goes after, after him right i've got a quote here uh says yes you see sadius you make it too easy uneducated half-brained serving
2: boy with a hangover could make mock of you i am left with no need to exert myself and your very nature makes mockery of my mockery and so <laughs> it is that through sheer stupidity you make me look incompetent
1: yeah it's awesome
3: yeah it's perfect
1: <laughs> so
2: it's amazing
3: yeah
1: oh god and then uh, yeah. the the chapter ends with uh, Dalinar um, looking at wit, uh, wit, and like Wit kind of like looks at him, like he winks at him, almost like as like, like a "you're welcome" kind of yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. And then he says to uh, the Dalinar, thinks he's kind of warming up to this Wit guy. <laughs> <laughs> like he, oh Adelon, like a- says
2: I like him, but yeah. uh, Dalinar's like I might be persuaded to agree, like. He's coming around, but uh, yeah.
1: So that was the end of uh, um, Dalinar's point of view, and we switch back over to Adolin.
2: Hmm. So uh, in this bit, I've I've got notes on um, what Lokar is asking Dalinar to investigate.
1: Right. So
2: Dalinar is uh, getting um, his son to accompany him. Mm Hmm. Um. And they're looking at the girth on the saddle. Right. Whether or not it was cut. Um, so Elokar has uh is very, you know, paranoid. Uh rightly so, because his his father was assassinated. So he's looking into looking into the shadows, looking over his shoulder at every chance, expecting that something bad's gonna happen. So when he fell during battle against the Chasm Fiend, um it's uh Elokar's is Asking Dalinar to look into this, uh, this, this issue to see if this, uh, his uh, saddle had, had been messed with.
1: Yeah. Um, Adeline points out that uh, if this was an assassination attempt, it was a pretty incompetent one. Right. Because, because the king was in a shard plate. Right. And just because you dismount a, a rider doesn't mean they're going to, to die. Right. Um, but even if it was an incompetent assassination attempt, it's still an attempt. So that's still their job to look into it. Right. So so Dalinar is definitely still taking it seriously.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: Adeline Adeline's not really having it. He thinks it's ridiculous. Um but I have to say, um me as a first time reader, um, and me trying to put things together and being a little sleuth that I am, mm-hmm. I'm a little suspicious at this.
1: Suspicious like, and of
2: what? I, well, I'm not I'm not necessarily uh suspicious that it was a, uh, a lousy assassination attempt but that but putting that in the text that's what got me thinking so okay so then I was thinking well okay what if what if Elokar did it himself? Hmm. So I'm thinking like what if there's I don't know like another motivation to um to, to be looking for potential you know assassin or you know somebody who's in the shadows like like maybe this could be another another plot and i was thinking well it was i think as it was described this this part of the saddle was underneath the what the blanket on the horse is that right or something like that that, yeah um so it was hidden from view so so the 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 grooms um the grooms uh couldn't or wouldn't necessarily see and that anything had had been wrong they would have to like actually go underneath the saddle to to find it
3: mm-hmm.
1: it would have been their um, jobs to set that up though right so right so that's maybe i later on when uh, elokar is like you know it could have been anyone here on this hunt mm-hmm. and Dalinar's i like well these are all my people so oh, they're all my what men, yeah. like what are you implying right like yeah, that's what exactly. he thinks to himself like what is he implying so you think that there's a possibility that elokar maybe cut it himself
2: well i don't i I don't know i'm just it just it be, just because of the way it was worded mm-hmm. that's what gets me thinking i'm al- I'm always trying to read into the text so uh, I'm thinking okay well if the author is is saying uh that this would be a lousy um assassination attempt yeah and what what I was thinking is well okay well if 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 it was cut so assuming it was cut or tampered with if it came from an outside source, very lousy tactic as Adeline just points out. Um, so then I'm thinking, well, then if it's not an outside source, then it's, it, what about an inside source? And the inside source I think would be Elokar himself hmm. because Elokar would then get to have this investigation occur right now. He has Dalinar investigating, Now uh, Adolin's involved. It's turning into a, a, a real thing. They're going to consult expert leather workers about it. So yeah. I, I don't know. Like is there another motivation? Now again, I don't know. I'm I, I'm just it's a,
1: it's a very it's a very interesting theory. Um oh, anyway, I, I, I do like how like uh Elokar is like, Dalinar, look into this for me and Dalinar's like, Adelin, look into this for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um I wanna show you something about Sadius? says Dalinar.
1: Yeah. Because he suge- Adeline suggests uh, Sadius, right? He's like, "What about Sadius? Maybe Sadius did this." And he's like, "I'm going to prove to you that mm. it couldn't be Sadius." And this well, is what we got Vala. earlier, yeah. When Adeline was like, "There's something about Sadius that my father knows, but that I don't," and that's why he trusts him, even though he's a, sh- a piece of shit. And we get well, this is what this whole part of this POV here is is teaching us what Dalinar knows of Sadius. Do you do you want to take this one? Oh, go ahead. I, I don't. I don't mind. It's um, um Dalinar right. and Sadius are working together um, against another High Prince, which is named Vam- uh, Vama. Right. Yeah, Vama's been uh, winning some gem hearts, not really big ones, mm-hmm. but he's been doing well enough. Yep. He's planning on reinforcing his um, walls, sure. so his war yep. camp, mm-hmm. and Dalinar says that um, that he'll still want to use the King's Soulcaster to make lumber. The only other way Vama could get lumber would be by supply chain back to, to uh, Alethkar. And Sadius is kind of in charge of that. And so Sadius says that he'll t- he has told You're him that he'll charge him, do- yeah, charge him double. <laughs> which is forcing Vama and other high princes like him to rely on the king. Which is trying to strengthen the king's standing amongst his people, right? Mm. Or ha- not maybe his standing, but his importance. Mm. hmm um I th- I like this part. I think it's a really really cute um cool part that like these Inger two Spran- rivals <laughs> hmm?
2: Ingerspraniker at this uh, yes. this point uh, as well, mm. right? Uh, at Vamma. He's not happy uh, at no. this of course, um the doubling of the price. Um
1: they all do. They're doing this because Vama is uh, complaining about the fees that the king charges for the use of his soul casters.
3: Mm-hmm. And
1: uh, before this kind of talk can get out to all the other pie princes, and everyone starts complaining, this is a way to, like, you know, cut this short. This is a reminder that
4: he needs the king. Um, right. So it's really cool. Mm. And then we get, uh, after, like, this is kind of
1: explained... Um, they walk away from uh, like uh, Dalinar and Adeline walk away from Vama and meet up with Sadius And then they talk about this. Do you think this is going to work? Yeah, it's going to work. Dalinar seems to be like a tactical mind and um, Sadius seems to kind of be more of like a political mind. Um, Mm -hmm. He Mm -hmm. uh, um, exudes less like kind of like smarmy, politician and um i kind of like it <laughs> even though i hate him i kind of like the fact that that's where he excels at um and then uh Sadius i love this part Sadius blames dalinar for the king's paranoia
2: yes i know you've caught coddled... it...
1: yeah yeah go ahead
2: no, you, you're. I, I'm glad that you that you brought that up because I thought that was an interesting perspective. Mm-hmm. That because of the way that Dalinar has handled the king, yeah. in terms of you know doubling up the guards and taking the you know the shattered planes you know, bit by bit, and making sure that it's doubly enforced, and sending the scouts ahead, and blah blah blah. All this, all of these efforts to keep the yeah. king safe. Of course, the king's looking over his shoulder at every moment because you've reinforced this
1: very idea. Right. I thought that was a really interesting perspective. You're right. Even though we hate Sadius, he's uh, he's he's, lo- he's thrown down some truth bombs to us here, and he's got like, valuable he, observations. Valid, yeah, he has a valid point. Yeah. Mm, then they end up arguing really cool. a little bit about the night Galabar died. Yes,
2: why he wrote what he did?
1: Yeah. Well, they argue but because, like, um, they men don't still blame each other. Yeah, okay. men don't write. Yeah, you're men right. Men Don't write. Yeah, so he, you know, like they they argue a little bit, and then as they're walking away, Sadius is like, "Did you ever find out what Gab- why Gabler wrote what he did?" Mm. And Gal- Dalinar is like, "Not really, but it did bring him to the to the Way of Kings. So he he's learning why, but he doesn't really know exactly why." Mm. Um, and then Sadius says to him, without really saying it plainly, that he knows what happens to Dalinar during the high storms. So like it's no longer it's not a secret from Sadius. Sadius knows about mm. the seizures. Mm. He might not know about what Gav, uh, Dalinar is experiencing in these visions, but he mm. knows that Dalinar is being affected by the high storms in a negative way and sounds like Sadius is telling him I could use this against you. I know. So there's so, there's so many layers of complexity going on right here. Sadius was the decoy in
2: Gavilar's death. Right. Yeah. This is a whole thing. So there's the title of the, of the, um, of the chapter.
1: Yeah. I love this. This is really, really cool. Uh, Gavilar's final words to Dalinar, the, um, you know, uh, one of the most important words or whatever. Um, he says to, he actually says to him um, before that brother, follow the codes tonight. There's something strange right. upon the winds. And mm. here's that winds thing again, you keep, you know, you, you know. keep pointing it out and it's, it's pointed out again here that there's something strange upon the winds. Um, mm. The codes were um, relics of old Alethkar. One of the codes is that you don't drink during times of war. And Alinar <laughs> was drunk the night Zeth killed Gavilar. So he, you know, mm. maybe his brother was trying to tell him, you know, follow the codes tonight. Don't get drunk. But he did anyways, and this is one mm-hmm. of the reasons why Zeth was able to kill gav Gavilar right and I think uh, this is yeah. exactly the reason but, why Dalinar um follows the codes so code, strictly yeah. now, yeah, like he keeps hoping that Adeline will see the importance of the codes without having to experience the same kind of uh, horrible tragedy, right, yeah. yeah. And like you said Sadius is the decoy the night Gavilar dies we kind of read that at the beginning of the we read it at
2: the beginning and yeah and then here it is but we didn't
1: know Sadius was the the one in the 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 king outfit the king disguise and now we find out that it was Sadius who left his king alone to fight the shard bear um yeah, the three of them were like best friends. They conquered Alephcar together. And he says that being the decoy, Alinar says being the decoy was one of the bravest things a man could ever do. Well, because he was signing up for his death. Right.
2: I mean, if if a shard bearer um, had, truly was uh, in pursuit of the king and Sadius taking it upon himself to disguise himself as the king unarmored, mm-hmm. um, he, would have, he would have died. Right. There's no doubt about it.
1: There's no doubt about it. For sure.
2: So and and again, having all of this come out just again shows Adeline, well, shows the reader that uh that there's there's a lot more to Sadius's devotion and loyalty. And mm-hmm. again, we see this amazing uh perspective between these two characters, between Sadius and Dalinar, that they both blame each other for yeah. Gavilar's death. but mm-hmm. so they they both sort of have this um
1: even though it's unreasonable. Time. Yeah, even though it's even unreasonable. Even though it's
2: unreasonable. So they blame each other for different reasons for not being there. You know, like you were drunk, um, and and of course, well, you were you were uh you weren't at his side. You you chose to do this this um this decoy mm-hmm. strategy which resulted in catastrophe. You should have stood yeah, let by me read this camp.
1: um let me read this quote here. This is mm-hmm. gonna be the quote that I read before this episode anyway, so I'll read it now too. Um, so that's why I'm here on these planes. It isn't wealth or glory. I care nothing for those things, not any longer. I came for the brother I loved and for the ne- nephew I love in his own right. And in a way, this is what divides Sadius and me, even as it unites us. Sadius thinks that the best way to protect Elokar is to kill the Parshendi. He drives himself and his men brutally to get to those plateaus and fight. I believe a part of him thinks that I'm breaking my vow, which is the Vengeance Pack. By not doing the same. But that's not the way to protect Elokar. He needs a stable throne. Allies that support him. Not High Princes that bicker. Making a strong Elokar. Will protect him better than killing our enemies will. This was Gavilar's life work. Life's work. Uniting the High Princes. I really love this quote. Um, I. You know. so, So many times. Um uh characters like Dalinar, these like older uh war type um proud men are depicted um in a way that they can't express love. You know, this is a common trope in movies and in and oh, yeah. TV mm-hmm. and in the literature. This And it, it's almost like a character flaw that makes it supposed to make us like them more that they have a hard time telling their sons that they love them that have a hard time telling their wives that they love them and, and man, the, the, look how tortured they are. And it's almost celebrated. And, you know, I grew up in a household where I told my family like that. I love them all the time. And I tell my kids Mm -hmm. and my wife all the time that I love them, dude, I tell you, I love you all the time. My my best friends. I love you too, bro. And I think that, um, I think this is important in this. I, 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 maybe I'm reading into it a little bit too much, but I really love this because there's this really cool, um, you know, greatest warrior of the whole world. And he's able to say to his son, whom he loves, whom he says he loves Mm -hmm. that he Mm -hmm. loved his brother. And that he loves his, his nephew in his own Right. And it's a for me. I really, really love this part. It's really, really cool. It it, sh- it really shows us who
4: Dalinar is. Right. Oh, it's a wonderful uh, it's a wonderful
3: quote.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, so then Dalinar asks.
1: Well, I, I think Daliden, that, that. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, just going to say that Dalinar asks Adolin to trust him, even if he can't trust Savius. Trust me that I know it. that I can trust Gavilar uh, that I can trust Sadius in this one thing of protecting the king.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. Then they um, uh, they talk a little bit about the writing because uh, he had mentioned it earlier to uh,
1: Adeline, but Adeline still doesn't really know. Mm-hmm. And he says that the writing that uh, uh, the Gavilar wrote, which we know Gavilar didn't write, that it was nope. Zeth that did it. That only Dalinar, Sadius, Yasna, and Elecar know, and now Adelin. That's a secret no one else knows. Um that uh um I like this that Sadius found it and he hid it until they could show it to Yasna to get it translated, because neither of them can read. Right. And but like I like we said before, they think that Gavilar wrote it and men don't write. But don't we know write. the truth of that, yeah. He says so it's Zeth, a
4: shameful secret that he could write. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Zeth is and Zeth is the one who wrote that cryptic message. Right. hmm
3: mm-hmm.
2: And so there's great confusion about that then with Dalinar because he believes it was um his brother. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's so cool. I love it. Yeah, it's it.
1: really cool couple of points here last in the the pov um yeah. the king uh his wife Talent. manages the affairs back in Elfkar um is looking pretty paranoid uh when he asks if he's uh, they're going to look into the strap he even gives his uncle and his cousin suspicious looks and alan's yes, like Adam's like what the hell bro yeah, like so I'm why really are you accusing me yeah. Well, and and,
2: th- and this is when he brings it up that it's, you know, it could have been s- someone here, again, insulting Dalinar's uh, men, like, uh, insulting Dalinar's leadership.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Right. So and again, this kind of reinforced my my suspicion. Like, I just, Elokar, I, I, I understand that he's paranoid, but if you're investigating into it, now you're in- making some insinuations against Dalinar, this you know, presents a weak, but perhaps a weakening case that could be strengthened. Against Dalinar himself, yeah, right. So it's so, and I'm just kind of wondering, like, is there something else going on here? Is there some other play? Again, it makes me wonder who is the decoy here,
1: right? Yeah, and you're right. There could be a duality here, right? Um, like you're kind of insinuating. I think, uh, uh, the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. You're insinuating that um the chapter of the decoy is about Sadius having put himself as right. a decoy, but it's also right. you're trying to say that maybe this strap is a decoy.
2: Well, or, or yeah, it could be uh, the effort that was this purported effort against the, against the king. Um, It could also be like decoy is uh, like the decoy of personalities, like Elokar, of course, the king, um, probably the last person you would expect to maybe be behind sabotaging his own saddle.
1: Right. Um, It's very interesting. It's a very interesting theory. I can't, I can't wait to read more
2: well you already know <laughs> you already have the advantage of knowing i don't yeah. i'm just i'm just making things up in my mind so yeah but um, i mean we, we discovered this together like, right i i did like the way that this chapter ended um and yeah we switched
1: povs again
2: in the stables in the stables yeah like dalinar visiting his his mighty steed um mm. uh gallant and um um, giving him crisp melons, and I love the fact that he won't eat if he feels he doesn't deserve it.
1: He'll eat. He'll eat his regular oh, food. He just won't eat anything uh, extra. In, anything if he extra. It.
2: I know. I love that so yeah. much. Big yeah, stars. Awesome. Yeah, that earned some asterisks for me. I just again world building and going. I love animals, and and uh, so this uh, was a big thing for me. And again, yeah. um, reading uh, reading the way of kings while reading the way of kings yeah so page page 290 to 291 you get a little excerpt from the way of kings in this uh little yeah, story the,
1: the story of the of the king who grabs the boulder from the um, the lowly man or whatever mm. yeah it's and really this, really great oh,
2: and this is my this is definitely my highlight because this all of this text leads right to the end um yeah. which is like the final the final uh sentiments of the um the chapter and mm. uh culminating i mean we 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 can do a a little um sort of a sum, summary of of the story yeah um but really it it what, what it boils down to is that um the lowliest amongst men
4: uh, the lowliest in the in the army these these bridgemen right um they are not to be
2: uh, dismissed, forgotten, or treated uh, lowly, because uh, they bear the weight of kings.
1: Yeah, it's awesome.
2: Oh, the exact quote is: uh, "He turned his mount and clopped up onto the bridge, and then nodded his thanks to the bridgemen. They were the lowest in the army, and yet they bore the weight of kings."
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Do you think? 15, uh, so, do you think this bridge wow. crew is uh, is bridge four?
2: Um I I don't know the one that uh he encounters um at the end I don't know if this is I one was, of
1: Sadius's, uh this is one of Sadius's crews right It is um I suppose it's
2: possible uh, they didn't drop anything I don't think that was too um um much of a hint at that in the text did you mm-hmm. pick up on anything about No that there I, I
1: mean I didn't see anything in this chapter at all um no, I was just wondering okay. if you thought it was
2: well, I mean, I was I was kind of hopeful. I was wondering about you know you know connecting these characters together, mm-hmm. whether they would have a meeting here. It but definitely uh,
1: seems like they're in like in that traje- tra- tra- trajectory. Like they're they're heading yeah. in that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well,
2: and, and of course the, if course, if, if Dalinar is giving a nod and respect to these men, and that is a visible um, example to the bridgemen, it I, it won't take long for Kaladin to figure out uh who his potential allies could be. Right. And uh and then of course the Bridgeman could be swayed to uh Dalinar's um way of things as well. Mhm. So the Bridgeman could be swayed to uh against Sadis.
1: Well, we'll see, if, we'll if, see what if,
2: yeah, I don't know. We'll see. But um, again, a wonderful, wonderful chapter. That's, that's yeah. got, I mean, that's my highlight for sure. Of yeah. This chapter is the very end. Um, is this whole, uh, uh, the the lowest in the army and they bear the weight of kings.
3: Mm-hmm,
1: because yeah, it just, it
2: just, just brings back you through all the, uh, it brings you back through the other chapters. Yeah. And well, starting, starting with that first chapter in part one, bridge four, that chapter feeling the weight of that bridge uh yeah. sean honestly it's in this series has never left me
1: it's great yeah, it's, it's, uh, that's perfect i think that's what it's supposed to do oh, it's great so i do i did say that the whole thing was gonna be info dump but i do have a couple of things here um to hmm. to, to, to chime off before we um before we end um sure. we get reminded again that a diamond mark is worth five chips and that one chip can buy a loaf of bread to give us context of how much stuff is mm-hmm. worth um you mentioned the fabrials that gave off heat. Um mm-hmm. Chasm rubies. fiends have yeah, rubies. Rubies. Ruby Tuesday. Um uh, <laughs> Chasm fiends have a st- uh, strange complex network of jaws.
3: Yes. Um,
1: they uh, use them uh like they have plate-like teeth for crushing and destroying shells. Yep. Which is really yep. creepy. Yep. Um soul casters, the larger the gemstones, the least likely it's to crack. And so with these enormous gem hearts that they have, possibilities mm-hmm. are endless. Um, mm-hmm. Sadius has long curly hair with an opposing figure and his shard plate. Mm-hmm. Um, the shard
2: more. plate repairs
1: itself. I love that. The yes. armor, mm-hmm. the armor
2: would, would repair itself. I love that. That was even if it's
1: completely here. shattered, it will eventually repair itself. Mm-hmm. It's really, really cool. Um, killing a wit was legal, but you had to forfeit your lands and titles. Oh,
2: I know what a wonderful mm. confrontation that was between yeah. a wit and Sadius. Like,
1: yeah, and you can communic- guys- have a wit assassinated, and many of them have been assassinated in the past. <laughs> yeah. um, the uh, we get some high prince names here: Royon, Bethab, yeah. and Vama. So we have three new ones, right? So we have ten. That's three plus Sadius and um, Dalinar, That's five. So there's another five out there that we haven't really met yet. So, mm. um, and then the last thing here is that the Way of Kings is a guidebook used by the Radiance on how to live their lives. Mm. So yeah, I'm really glad that we finally got to um, to hear the title of this the title book in, oh, the, in what the chapter. a
4: chapter.
2: Yeah. I love it. I, I, uh, perhaps we should have discussed more of that, uh, that story, that little sort of, uh,
1: it's okay. We're, we're running really long. This might be like a, two hour a long podcast. episode. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So, uh, no, I, that I was great. I really look forward to, uh, the next two chapters of course. Yeah, me too.
1: So me too. Thanks, I can't wait to get again. into it. Oh yeah. You're very welcome. If, uh, anyone listening wants to, uh, support the show, you can go to, uh, patreon.com slash heroes of, um we will be doing uh monthly giveaways soon as soon as this launches and uh we're gonna have a really cool prize pack for you guys to be able to do um if you want to talk to jack or i or uh, talk about the series you can reach out to us at heroes of one on twitter or heroes of cathra on instagram we um, will be, like I said before, we will be putting up a page, a, a Facebook page, sometime soon. Um, so watch for that. If you want to visit our website, it's heroesof.ca, where all of our old episodes and all of our links to YouTube stuff is there too. Um, I am super excited for these next couple chapters. I think that they're going to be pretty simple, uh, short ones. Um, but uh, I can't wait to talk to you again, Jack. You bet. Thanks for having me on, and uh, till next time.
0: StormPod is brought to you by Heroes of. Theme song by Jack Forrest Productions. Additional music by Jason Moray. Produced by Jack, J, Phil, Mike, and Sean. The Heroes of Hacathra.